The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took Jesus aside. I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong gospel. Wrong marker. Here we are. Let's do that again. Now you got a glimpse of next week's. When Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then Jesus sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, dear friends, it's always coming home for me when I'm able to come back to St. Anne's and be with you. Um, as you know, I my full-time position or is at St. Peter's Maronite Catholic Church. And after Mass this morning, I have to go there for my Mass at 11.30. So if I run out a little quick, it's not because I don't want to see and greet all of you. It's just I have to get ready for another Mass after this Mass. Um, but whenever they call and ask me if I can fill in, I'm always happy to do it. Um, and here's the other thing. Our lectionary is not always the same as yours. So at our church today, we're going to be... Um, looking at Luke's Gospel of Martha and Mary. But nonetheless, we have this uh, really profound Gospel this morning about Jesus setting up his kingdom here on earth, his church. And before I get into sort of the main focus that I'd like all of you to think about, um, as I was thinking about this Gospel all week, I, you know, what has happened in the United States, we all know that uh, former President Donald Trump was arrested, and on Thursday they released that mugshot all over the world. And, you know, it's everywhere. <laughs> Newspapers, social media, TV. And I couldn't help thinking that when you see that picture of Donald Trump, the question is, who do you say that I am? You know, like Donald Trump is saying, look at me, look what's going on in my life. And who would we say that Donald Trump is? And it gives a lot of proof that what you and I do here is so important out there. Because if you read the news, if you know what's going on out there, the 
understanding of the mission each of us has received from God is so very, very necessary, so very important. And I want us to focus on this idea of keys. I want us to focus on the line from the gospel where Jesus says to Peter, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now you and I have lots of different keys in our life, don't we? I have right here my keys to St. Anne's Church. I have my keys to St. Peter's Church. I have my car key. At home I have keys to the two buildings I no longer own, but if there's a problem they might call me and I have to go and look at them or you know, uh, be a tenant if the alarm goes off or something like that. Chet has keys. Chet got here early this morning, opened everything up, set everything up. Chet has keys. So the word I want all of us to remember today is key, key. Now in the first reading, the key Eliakim receives is a literal key to the gates of the city. And it's a big one, like literally a big key. Those gates were huge, and the lock was probably gigantic. The king gave the keys to him, signifying all the authority and trust in Eliakim. And who is Eliakim, by the way? Well, the Jewish encyclopedia says that he sprang from a family of no social standing. So no one really special in the eyes of the community. But the Lord trusts Eliakim, and Eliakim trusts the Lord. The Gospel tells us that Peter gets the metaphorical, or we might say the figurative keys of the kingdom. Now note the plural, more than one, key. Jesus gave us this Gospel, these words, at Caesarea Philippi. And everything Jesus does has a reason. Now, why Caesarea Philippi? Well, there was a pagan temple there, and there was an image carved into the side of a huge rock. With this backdrop, Jesus' message was that the pagans built their temple on a literal rock. But Jesus' church would be built upon the rock that is Peter. For these reasons, we refer to Peter which means rock as the first pope. Now, you and I know about Peter. We know a lot about Peter, actually. We know that he was a simple fisherman. We know that Peter was the one who thinks as humans do. We know that Peter is the one with all the bravado who gets scared and sinks walking in the water. Peter is the one who denies Jesus. Peter was the one who tried to stop Jesus from going to Jerusalem and fulfill his mission. You remember where Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. But the Lord trusts Peter, and Peter trusts the Lord. Think about the keys in your life. 
We normally don't give out the house or car keys to someone we don't trust, do we? We have to know them. We have to trust them. Even our kids don't get them until we believe they can be trusted with that responsibility. But wait, there's another key word here, responsibility. Being given keys implies trust, which in turn requires the key holder to maintain that trust by using it responsibly. God has given each of us our own keys to the kingdom. And sometimes, we saw that with Peter, those keys can grow heavy on our shoulders. Illness, tragedy, grief, loss. We've been praying for all the people who lost everything in the wildfires and all the natural disasters happening worldwide, war. Other times, you and I can take that key for granted or forget to check on it, casually assuming it will always be there. And unfortunately, there are those who use it irresponsibly for personal gain and sin. The most important key you and I will ever receive and have is called the key of faith. Each of us has our own, regardless of social standing or the fact that we think and act like humans do. And our Lord knows that. We saw that in all his relationships with his apostles and particularly with Peter. For all the denial that Peter had in the Lord, Jesus appeared to him and reversed it with that threefold question of, do you love me? And that's our great hope, that even though sometimes we might not use our keys responsibly, when we turn to the Lord with a sincere heart and contrition, he forgives us, and those keys are empowered again. These keys work best when we use it responsibly and in every aspect of our life. Not just when it's convenient, not just when it's necessary, but at every aspect of our life. And that we're grateful for this wonderful gift and that we never take it for granted. The Lord trusts you and I to use our keys well. Do you trust the Lord? Jesus addressed his question to all his disciples, including you and I. But who do you say that I am? Well, who do you say that he is for you? And do we tell anyone about him? Answering those two questions most likely will help us gain eternal life which is the true key to our faith and the true key to our life. Amen.